Oh, hello. You're there? Great. It's Tom Kradza. And on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, we are talking to Katrina. Katrina. How am I saying her name? Katrina. It's a, it's a very simple name. Katrina and Charleston. They are the most amazing couple. Charleston is a chef who makes the best food we have ever had. He makes the most amazing sliders. They he He's basically a chef that is dairy-free, gluten-free. And I kind of stumbled into these guys at What's Good Wellness here in Oakville because of Charleston's cooking. I did not realize that Charleston's wife is part of their business and she's a huge part of their business. And Katrina practices traditional Chinese medicine. And she's a graduate of the Toronto School of Traditional Traditional Chinese Medicine. And her knowledge on Chinese medicine, acupuncture, nutrition, women's health, fertility, sports medicine is just fascinating to me. I had never had the opportunity to sit down and chat with her. I had talked to Charleston a lot about his food and kind of questioning him about some of the products and food choices he has over the years. But now to learn more about Katrina's side of their business and what she does and how she helps people with Chinese medicine, absolutely fascinating. So I really just loved this talk, a little bit of a different discussion. And it to me, it was amazing. So if you're listening to this, please understand that the whole idea of living your life on your terms doesn't just involve real estate. It doesn't just involve gold. It doesn't just involve Bitcoin. It involves living healthy lives so we can enjoy ourselves and our families on a daily basis. And Nick and I both believe that, you know, that comes from health and fitness and taking care of yourself. So to get information like this is really important to us and I absolutely just love it. So if you think we're crazy for sharing this kind of information on this podcast, you should know that we are. So how, how's that? There we go. There we go. So I, I just really think you're going to love this talk. And on Char Charleston, we talk about Charleston's journey as a chef. He went to the high, same high school as me and I didn't know it, which is amazing. So we just talk about his journey, how he kind of learned cooking and what he's doing now. So a great chat with these two. We'll get to that in a second. If you are listening to this and you want to get involved in the real estate market in some way, but you don't know where to start, you can always pick up a free copy of one of our books off our website, www.rockstarinnercircle.com. On there, we have four different books that you can download. The main one has been for over a decade now, Income for Life for Canadians. We have a free digital copy of that book on our website. You can get other books that we've published. We have a real estate investing blueprint. We have the Your Life, Your Terms book. We have those different books on the website as well. If you're starting to get involved in real estate and you don't know where to turn, you can get a free copy of one of those books at www.rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash books. You can also buy those books on Amazon, but our whole idea of trying to give away the digital copy is that we want to give good information by Canadians for other Canadians in the hope that one day, if you think we've given you a bit of value that perhaps we'll do business together. And that's why we're giving this away. It's no big secret. We are just trying to be helpful, but we know by being helpful, maybe that one day you'll want to come to our offices and maybe we'll work together. So that's the whole idea behind this. So you can get a free copy of any of those books, including Income for Life for Canadians at www.rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash books. That's enough with the intro. Let's get on with the show. Enjoy. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Caradza 
Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, we are live with Charleston and Katrina Delano. Am I saying the last name properly? No. Nope. How do you say it? <laughs> Delano. 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 Yeah. But it's okay. Delano. Yeah. It Not exactly Delano. 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 Got it. Okay. A lot of people accidentally spell it with a D-E when they say Delano, but with the O, it's more Spanish. I'm going to so. get in so much crap for asking you guys because I ask everybody about their last names. Where? Yeah. Tell me about the last name. Where, where are your parents from? So my parents are my dad. He was born in Hong Kong, but he is Filipino-Turkish. My grandparents, uh, they, they escaped world, uh, the war to Hong Kong, and then they met there, had kids, and then my dad was there. And um, yeah, so my, dad, my grandfather's name was Delano. So he moved from the Philippines to Hong Kong. My grandmother's from Turkey. They moved over there. They, they moved. Got they moved to where? Hong Kong. Moved to Hong Kong to escape from Turkey. Uh, from Turkey. But wow. isn't your grandmother half Turkish, half Pakistani? There's so much in my grandmother that my own family doesn't really know. Wow, you're what, the man many, of mystery. This is amazing. There's a lot of stuff in there. It's like a like a big mutt, you know. Like a, it's just a mixture of a of a lot that I'm still discovering. And sometimes my my parents and my my aunts and uncles are trying to figure Have out. Have you done the DNA test yet? Any of the DNA? No. Oh, you have to. Yeah. yeah, is that the one where you gotta like lick the thing? I, and yeah, they're all a little bit different. Thing. But yeah, I mean, you haven't done that yet. No, I have oh, not. Oh no, you have to. It's amazing. I did. I did mine. Mm-hmm. I discovered I'm 0.1 percent North African. Whoa! Didn't really see that one coming. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, m- most of mine is like around the Balkans. My father's Croatian. Kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my mom's Scottish. So in that area, I forget how it was described in the report. And then. Uh, and then I have a lot of Germania, or was it that area of Germany, I guess, where I, I don't know. I have to go look at it again. But uh, you got to do it, man. Okay. With, with that background. Well, I mean, it's up to you. Yeah. I'm forcing this on you. Well, I've always but thought to. But listen, I'm so happy you're here. You're drinking our coffee. Yes. I'm very I'm very happy that you're drinking the coffee. I actually reached out to the guys who who roast that coffee and say said, hey, will you come on our podcast? And they're like, you're in Canada. How do you even get our coffee? We don't ship to Canada. And I'm like, you don't know who you're dealing with. I smuggle this coffee into the country. So they started asking me, how do you smuggle the coffee in? Because we have other Canadians who want to get the coffee. And I'm like, I just use one of the reef ship services yeah so uh anyway that's how i get the coffee that's in. Awesome. so now that you cook the best food that i've ever eaten so now for me to serve you a cup of coffee i'm very grateful but you don't have to actually finish the cup of coffee because you're not a big coffee guy and uh, uh katrina what about your background my parents are both from the Pull philippines them, come in close to the mic it's really yeah. my parents are both from the philippines like a little bit spanish mixed in there as most filipinos are oh there's a big spanish influence in oh yeah oh i had yeah. no idea huge it's really a, it's a colonial country Oh, yeah. No, I guess that makes yeah. sense. I yeah. just didn't assume Spain. Okay, got it. That's why a lot of Filipino people have very Spanish last names. Like my, my maiden last name is Quintos, and my mom's last name was Delion. Okay, got yeah. it. That's why Carlo Batar on our team says he has some Spanish in him because yes. he's from the Philippines. His parents are from yeah. the Philippines as well. I mm-hmm. never made the connection. Got it. Okay. So let me kind of dive in here. Katrina, I gotta, we're going to start with you because Charleston, Charleston, for those of you listening, Charleston makes the best food ever. We're going to get to his food in a second. <laughs> Thanks, but Tom. Katrina, tell me, like, so I don't know much about traditional medicine and I saw in your bio that you guys, you know, you specifically went to school and you found a difference between Western and Eastern medicine. Yeah. What is it? Yes. Talk, can you tell me about that? Like, what does that mean to you? What, what did you uncover here? So when I was in university, I always thought that I was going to study Western medicine. I wanted to be an allopathic physician, probably to specialize in psychiatry because I really like dealing with the emotions and the spirit. 
And then I was doing all the right things as I was getting ready to graduate. And I was a research assistant at Princess Margaret. And I realized pretty quickly that that kind of wasn't the world that I wanted to be in. Because by the time a patient is at Princess Margaret, they're pretty far along in their um, journey with health, uh, more towards illness, of course. And uh, so I realized that this is not what I was going to do, which was kind of heartbreaking because I'm a person who really likes to have a plan. So for the first time in my life, I had no plan and I was freaking out. How and old were you? I was in my last year of university. Okay, so 20... I don't know how old I was, like 22. So. Yeah, 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 got it. So I applied to graduate and then our registrar told me that I couldn't graduate because I had taken too many psychology and biology courses and I didn't fulfill the breadth aspect of my major. I needed, I needed to take social sciences and humanities. Um, so I had to stay an extra semester. And then at the time I was having what I call my quarter life crisis because I had no more plan anymore. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. And so I took this course on uh, literature and health because I was still trying to stay within my niche as much as possible while still doing what the university wanted me to do. And I wrote this paper comparing the use of language in East Asian medicine versus Western medicine. Because in Western medicine, whenever there's illness, they always talk about fighting the disease and, and battling. It's very war-based, which I argued turns a person against their own body. Versus Eastern medicine, it's very much about symbolism. We talk about things that you see in nature. We use words like heat and cold and dampness, things that people can understand when you explain the concept to them. And so I argued based upon that, that uh, when a patient is involved in Eastern medicine, it creates more of a relationship of, of like a symbiotic relationship between the patient and the practitioner, which allows for greater effect over a long period of time because it's much more lifestyle medicine. So it's not so much about intervention as, as it is in Western medicine. It's all about creating the right things and putting the right things in place so that a person has a better lifestyle so that they don't succumb to illness as quickly or as readily. It's all, it really is about pre prevention. Yeah, so it's, it, you're being proactive yes. instead of reactive. Absolutely. When Western yeah. medicine, to me, and you know this better than I do, but to me, it's very reactive. Yeah. You have something, let's address the symptom. Mm -hmm. Forget the cause. You know, let's just kill the symptom. And then you get the symptom again because you really haven't got to the root cause of anything. Mm -hmm. And where my limited knowledge of what you're talking about is more about changing your life to be proactively producing the health that you can produce for yourself so you never get those freaking symptoms exactly god yes. damn it exactly. i know you know and i know just i struggled <laughs> with this in myself no the reason i'm saying that is because i got really i had such intense stomach pains when i was turning uh 39 just before i turned 40 carol my wife had to rush me to the oakville hospital multiple times oh my goodness and they ended up doing ultrasounds on me all over my stomach all over everywhere to try to figure out what those lower stomach pains were and uh, as sad as it sounds, I think I figured out myself that it was just really intense gas. Mm. <laughs> but it was lasting for a month because my diet was so horrible. Yeah. And they couldn't figure it out. At, 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 uh, you know, at one point, they were asking me crazy questions. Like they did my blood work. They did a, a CT scan. At one point, they were asking if I had any sexually transmitted diseases, like right in front of Carol, my wife here and stuff. You know, and I'm like, this is just out of control. Like, mm -hmm. I, you know, what are you guys doing? Like, it just felt like there was no hope. And I changed my diet. Because I was desperate, mm -hmm. I changed my diet. It was, uh, it was actually 
Rachel, who I think you guys know at Radix, who was at yeah. another gym, Element before Element CrossFit before then. I went there. She gave me the book, The Primal Blueprint, which kind of taught me about like eating primally. And it was the first time I had read a book that talked about like food in the way I could really understand it and what it was doing to my body. And I quickly changed my diet. And within about six weeks, all those pains went away. Mm-hmm. And that's when I first realized like, oh, it really does matter what you put in your body. When I go to Carol's baking area and she has the chocolate chip, uh, chocolate chips for her baking in there and I take them by the handful and I shovel them <laughs> in my mouth every night with my daughter and then I don't even drink Coke, but I was starting to drink Coca-Cola at that time and then washing it down with Coke and stuff and you do that for oh weeks God, on end. Tom. Yeah, it was brutal. It was brutal. But that was the first time I realized that, holy smokes, there really is something to like eating properly and eating well. Mm -hmm. And then that turned me down a rabbit hole because I get a little obsessed with topics to reading like, I don't know, 10 or 15 books on diet and Mm -hmm. healthy fats. Mm -hmm. I also remember, I'll I'll get you to speak again in one one second because I want to learn more. But my aunt one time when I was younger traveling to Croatia, I, I went there with a friend of mine backpacking at the end of university. And he's like, Tom, why did your aunt give me the fattiest piece of meat? I mean, I want the nice clean piece of meat and when I asked my aunt she was like well that's where all the nutrition is mm-hmm. she was these are like you know she didn't say they're healthy animals but these were healthy animals yeah. and to her she was giving him a really nutritious the part, best part the best yeah. part but Fla- to me me, me and him being from Canada wanting like lean meats all the time we were I'm like oh sorry dude I don't, <laughs> I don't really know why you're getting the gross piece of fatty meat but she was adamant that like no that I'm like almost honoring him with like the best piece mm-hmm. so so when you went through that like kind of freak up period then what was you know, what was next? That's when you applied to the Toronto School of Traditional Medicine? Well, I, so when I wrote that paper, I was like, oh, this is pretty life-changing for me. So I was talking to one of my friends who's Chinese, um, and I was telling her, I was like, oh, I would love to study traditional Chinese medicine. That's awesome, but I'm not going to China. And then she just looked at me, and she's like, no, you don't have to do that. Like, it's not... In the 1800s, 1900s, they studied Chinese medicine here. And so I started researching schools here in Toronto and in the States and in Vancouver. And I decided to pick the Toronto School of Traditional Chinese Medicine. Yeah, awesome. So mm-hmm. then when someone comes to see you, what, what, how do you start with someone? Like what is, I don't know, I'm not asking, I don't know if there's like secrets to give away or not give away. I'm not asking for those necessarily. But like how do you analyze someone at the very beginning? Like if I come to you with some sort of symptom of something, what's the starting point in Chinese medicine? The second that I see you, I'm starting to diagnose and assess. Because you're looking at skin, skin, skin color, yeah. tone, all that stuff. Yeah, the the way that their voice sounds, any particular like facial expressions and movements, the color around specific areas in the face. Also things like odor, which is a little bit more difficult <laughs> right. to assess. Well, Nick smells. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, he's not here. So we got he's got problems. <laughs> yeah, all those things. So even before... A person says their first word. I'm already watching to see what kind of pattern they seem to fall into or which one they lean more towards. Because from the voice, you can tell if they're what, hydrated? No, not really. Um, the style of Chinese medicine that I practice is more five elements. So there are different types of characteristics that are associated with each of the elements and sound is a big part of that so for example um if you listen to my voice it's kind of like got this almost like gravelly quality to it um and it's a little bit deeper so that's more related to water Uh, and if you you can hear people who are more 
fire type. Their voices are like very loud and booming and like they carry and you can hear joy. Yes, Charleston. Charleston's fire. fire. Yeah. Fire. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I think you're a bit fire too. Got it. Fire and water. It's hard for me to tell the difference in you. Um, but just listening to the sound of their voice and also their mannerisms and the way that they respond to particular styles of questioning. So it's not even just the question that I'm asking, but the way that I ask it that also is very helpful. And then I do cool things like look at the tongue to look at the color and the shape and the coating and I check the pulse on both of the wrists. So all of these these clues give us an idea of, of what kind of dysfunction or disharmony is happening in the body. It's like being a detective. It's actually pretty really wow. cool. And, okay, and is this still the child, a style of medicine practiced predominantly in China? Or no, even in China, it's more like a Western-influenced medicine, and this is still the traditional Chinese medicine. Is this the primary type of medicine in China right now? No, right now it's, it's, very, it's very much Western. So... In the 70s, what happened in China was the government took classical Chinese medicine, so what I practice, and they took out anything they considered to be too spiritual or too woo-woo and pulled that out of the medicine because they wanted Chinese medicine to be accepted in the West. So they kind of based it on the framework of allopathic medicine with differential diagnosis and specialties. So that is what we studied in school. And then when I graduated, actually, I think it was in my last year of school, we learned that TCM, traditional Chinese medicine, was really shaped by the government at that time during the Cultural Re- Revolution in China. And I was so heartbroken. I was like, oh, my God. So at best, TCM can help to really maybe suppress symptoms, but it doesn't treat the root cause because the way that I practice is it really is related to the spirit and the emotions because it's our emotions that trigger and guide our behavior and the choices that we make. And so if you don't address the spirit, then you'll never be able to get long-lasting, sustainable change. So um, that's fascinating. So how do I address, what are one of the maybe simple ways or one of the ways I can understand how to address my spirit? It's the emotional state I find myself in most regularly. Is that yeah, is that a that's uh, yeah. part of it? So what what else? Definitely, that's a part of it. It so can you turn the mic just a little bit? Cl- just so this yeah, there, there we go. Yes, yeah, okay. thank you. So spirit um, in classical Chinese medicine, we have a spirit associated with each of the major organs. So the the spirit associated with the heart is the Shen, which is the the closest thing that we think of as the soul here in the West. Um, and the Shen is responsible for bringing what we call your heavenly mandate, so what you are brought into this world for, uh, into fruition. So it's your um, your dreams and, and your goals and everything that you wish for yourself and want in your life. And then the soul of the lungs is called the, well, actually, I'll talk about the, the liver soul. The soul of the liver is the Hun, and this is about visioning. So the Hun takes the dreams and the imagination of the Shen and begins to create a vision and a plan for that. And the Yi is the soul associated with the spleen and the pancreas. And that is about taking the vision from the Hun and the dreams from the Shen and beginning to bring it out into the world. The Po is the soul associated with the lungs and that's related to the physical body. So your actual physical ability to take these dreams and the plans and then bring them to fruition, like actually build something physical from it. And then the soul associated, the spirit associated with the kidneys is 
the zhi, which is the will. And so that's what keeps you on your path. So the more you're in alignment with what you're meant to be doing here in life, we call it your Tao, then the more um, your spirit begins to shine and show forth. And so these are the people that are successful, but are also very happy and are fulfilled. Because you know there are people who are like really financially successful, well off, but they're miserable. Yeah. And so if you are in alignment with your Tao and all of your spirits are moving and able to give you the messages that you're meant to, that you need to help you on your path, then that's when you're able to live the life that you want. Can you be on your path, but still not be physically perfect? And I guess what I mean by that is I feel like I'm on my path. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of... I would agree that you're on your path. Yeah. Why do you say that? Because the energy that you give out is very positive but it's not that fake positive you yeah. know those people who are like good vibes only yeah, yeah. no yeah. it's very bright like yeah when we're, got when, it when you're around us well when you're around me like it's very welcoming like i'm like i want to i want you to stay longer oh cool like, thank yeah. you i want to uh it's know, inspiring cool. it's cool. very inspiring cool. yes very you guys have that about both of you as well Thank you. Um, but so, but I have a question then. So, but can you be that way? But I'm constantly working on my own body because, because I know if I eat the wrong foods, the way my biggest thing that I'm always battling and Katrina, you're making me think I need to come and see you so that I can get your opinion on this stuff is that if I eat foods that, you know, mess up with my digestive tract Mm -hmm. and then, or my liver, it comes out in my face. Like I'll have different kind of acne still as a 47 year old and stuff. But if Mm -hmm. I can eat the foods that seem to do really well with me and over the years I've kind of determined what, you know, the easy ones are like dairy. Like I just know if I eat yogurt, it's just going to go through my body. So I feel like I, I feel like I can be on my path or my purpose, but at the same time, my physical body, I'm still working on and trying to tweak. Can that, can, 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 can that be correct? Can you? Yeah, okay. Yeah, totally. Like the the beautiful thing about Chinese medicine is that it's truly holistic. It's not just like this trendy catchphrase word. But what I mean by that is like your example with things showing up on your face. We say that the the skin is the outward manifestation of the lungs. The lungs are internally connected to the large intestine. It is the energetic action of the inhalation of oxygen and air that pushes energy down that facilitates the outward movement of of the digestive system and the large intestine. So when you're eating things that are crappy and that your body doesn't actually like, that inflammation, we call it heat, it has to go somewhere. And so it will come out in in its um, connection. So it will often come out on on the face. Wow, you yeah. say that so matter-of-factly, and it's like, wow, I'm just still figuring this out. I'm 47 years on this freaking planet. I'm still figuring this stuff out. Yeah, But that's the thing. We're all here for our, our own particular reasons, right? Our own doubt. And I think that's the beautiful thing about community is that we are all here for our specific reasons. And if we live in accordance with our path, our Tao, and we focus on being our best versions of ourselves, then we don't have to worry about, like, knowing everything because there's someone else. Like, I, I would never... Uh, try to like invest in properties on my own and like buy buy things without consulting someone like you i would i need to know that stuff because there's someone that i know who has good energy and who is on his path that i know i can trust Hmm. yeah interesting this is like a yeah this is a fun thing to focus on in your life Mm -hmm. what you do it's really because there's so many aspects to it there's the physical but the spiritual as well and then the bigger purpose which is the Tao. Yeah. That's the Tao. 
Wow, love it. So, okay, so um, so when you're doing this with patients and you kind of look over, you know, what uh, what might be showing up as heat in their world, then you go to Charleston, Char- and I know I'm summarizing here, but I'm just curious. So then you go to Charleston, and can you say, hey, Charleston, this person needs these types of foods. Is that why at your clinic, am, am I proper to use the word clinic? Mm-hmm. At your clinic, you sometimes I see patients see you, and then Charleston at your other location, you were you were like making certain foods for them. That's what's happening there. You're handing off specifically. Hey, these people need a diet of this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So if you remember in the eatery, Charleston would change the menu every season. I love that. Yeah. Because we need to adjust to the seasons. We're a part of our natural environment and we can't separate ourselves. So if we can live in harmony with our immediate environment, then we don't, our bodies don't have to work as hard because mm-hmm. we're in harmony with what's happening around us. So for example, we're in we winter. Yeah. It doesn't feel yeah, like winter, but we're, we're in winter. So this is a time where we should be eating more warm foods. Sweet potato soup. Yes. Yep. A, yeah. lot, oh, a little bit more soup. spice, uh, heat based ingredients like, um, in Chinese medicine, an, an example of uh, an ingredient which is, which has heat is like ginger. Um, there's chili, and then there's certain spices, cinnamon. Um, these are all, these are all categorized in temperature. How Katrina was saying earlier that everything we have languages like heat, cold, damp, and all that. I remember in your guide that would sit on the table there. You were outlining all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. And uh, we, I, I specifically choose ingredients for the season, which complement that season, so that when I make the menu for the eatery, when when uh, when we had it, it uh, it's more of a menu which can can uh, benefit as many people as possible. Not as specific mm-hmm. as what we would do if they saw Katrina. Now, if they saw sure, Katrina. Sure, I was yeah. coming in as more of the blunt yeah. force. Hey, man, I just love your food. I don't know. Tell me what to eat. It's winter. Yeah. Tell me what, to, you got any of that sweet potato soup? <laughs> you know? So when our patients, like when my patients would come out and had placed an order for food, I would tell Charleston, okay, you need to increase the amount of ginger for Sarah and for Peter, make sure that there isn't too much chili pepper because it's too hot for him. Exactly. So the food that you would see on the menu would be tweaked for the patients if they decided to eat after their treatment. Got it. And then I would put those, shoot, send me a message, make sure this person has this and that, and then I would implement it, and I'd put it just enough so that they would have what they need to leave. And oh, what I miss your food so much. And the reason I say you miss your food because you currently don't have the kitchen at the new location, mm-hmm. but you might have a kitchen again at some point. Something's coming up, yeah. Because like I just feel like you need, your cooking is, like when I would eat your food, I literally would leave feeling like I could feel energy going through my body. Thank you. Nourished. Yeah, I would just feel nourished. And the way my lifestyle is a little bit, you know, Nick and I are kind of running around a lot. Then I do, you know, I'm a 47-year-old pretending he's 27 going to this CrossFit gym (laughs) and having fun there. And I just love it. Like, I love lifting up these heavy weights and doing these pull-ups. I just, I don't know, it gets me going. Mm -hmm. Um, But then your food just felt like it was like healing me. And I know that sounds maybe crazy for someone listening to this who... It has never had that feeling, but I swear by it, like your bone broth. Um, so I just miss eating your food and your seed bread. That's seed bread, but you're still making the seed I bread. I still have it, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Come by to the new location. We sell all of the products, uh, the all of the retail bread, stuff. The kimchi, the yogurt. The kimchi is available for sale. Yeah, oh, so you have yogurt. Ki- so what products do you have for uh, sale? Kimchi, yogurt, uh, seed bread, seed bread. Uh, bone broth, which is comprised of both beef and chicken together. 
we have a vegan bone broth for our, our vegan patients. Uh, that is um, mushroom and seaweed based, with, uh, which we fortified with uh, Chinese herbs uh, recommended by Katrina. And um, I think that's it, right? No, we have a chicken one, but it's in case there are some, some people that can't have beef, but they still need, uh, they need their broth, and then I have a chicken one as well. Yeah, our yogurt is vegan, though. It's, yeah, it's, it's a vegan yogurt, based. coconut milk uh, yogurt. So Got it. Because we it. don't love dairy. It's not good. Yeah, yeah. I can tell my body doesn't love dairy as well. Okay, and then um, how did you, so just how did this work out? Because it seems like a perfect relationship between you guys where, Katrina, you're doing this, and then you've always been, a sh- like I read on your bio that you also like to write about yourself in the third person, which I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, but then you said you're supporting your family from the age of 15. What, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. What's that about? Well, when we moved here in 97, uh, from from the Philippines? Actually, no. no. I grew up in Saudi Arabia. You grew up in Saudi Arabia? Yeah. So, okay, my my parents. Dude, you have to do a DNA test. <laughs> yeah. Who knows where? Because what you had relatives over there? <laughs> no. Um. So, uh, my dad went to school in the Philippines for aeronautical engineering, and a company, a <clears throat> excuse me, uh, an international company, uh, I think it was American based, reached out to a bunch of foreign employees trying to find employees for. Uh, the Saudi Arabian Airlines in Jeddah in Saudi Arabia. They reached out to my dad because I think he had some really high scores and he landed a job in Saudi Arabia. So he decided to move down there back in the 80s, uh, got married to my mom. And uh, they, with part of the agreement to so work wait, there... wait, he met your mom in Saudi Arabia? No, in the Philippines. They in the Philippines. the Philippines, okay, okay. So part of the agreement of working there, uh, because it was also international work, was that they, have, they provided schools for uh, for the children so it was uh, an american curriculum based school but everybody who was in uh, an international worker that came to saudi arabia all their kids would go to the school so the school over there only went up to grade nine so kindergarten to grade nine i learned under the american curriculum uh yeah english was my second language and then after grade nine we had to leave because our schooling would not be continued that's all that they offered. So that was when uh, my dad and parents divide, decided to move to Canada because we had some family over here, 97, and then I went to school. You've only been here since grade nine? Yeah. When yeah. did you When did you start speaking English? Since you were uh, young, but it was a second. Grade two. Okay. I was in okay. ESL from kindergarten really? till, uh, till two. Wow. Yeah. Okay, grade a, nine. What high school again? You've I told went me to Philip Pocock in, uh, in Mississauga. You went to Pocock? Yes. You're freaking me out. You know what high school I went to? Did you go to Pocock? Yeah. That is crazy. What, wait, what, what, how old are you? I'm what, 38 right now. Am so you were, you were born in what? You I'm were, 38. You were born in 82. 82. Yeah. Oh, you're a young pup. Yeah. yeah you I was, graduated I, by the time. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was 73. They shipped me off to Etobicoke, which I think is like Michael Power now, because Philip mm. Pocock's old location on Rathburn was so small, they yeah. they had to ship us all over there. Mm-hmm. I did not know you went to Pocock. Yeah, I did. I, I think I went to the newer <laughs> school, though. Like you went to the newer That's where Nick went. Bigger. That's where Nick went. On yeah. Tompkin. Yes, right on Tompkin. Yeah, Tompkin and Eglinton. Go right Pirates. There. Holy shit. <laughs> did you tell me you went to Pocock before? I think we did. Really? But it was a while ago. Like, I've known you for over okay. seven years now. So. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's, You know, and this won't apply to you, but I have a good friend of mine, and we always joke about that if you went to Pocock, you were Pocock schmartz, which meant that you were you thought you were smart, <laughs> like you thought you knew it all. You're like, oh, you know, you went to Pocock? Because all our friends in that era, like everyone knew it all. Yeah. Everybody had it all figured out. It was, we were all the kids of immigrant parents who None of our parents went to school in Canada, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? In that area at that time was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of Filipinos, but, but there was a lot of like 
Italians, Italians, Portuguese, Croatian, Polish. And we were all there unsupervised by parents because the parents were working, did not know the school system. Mm -hmm. So you had, and then they shipped us over to Etobicoke so they couldn't send anybody home Mm. for any non-uniform compliance, bad behavior really because you had to bus people home so you Mm -hmm. couldn't walk home. So the school just turned into like chaos. And, uh, but you know, I learned so much through that chaos. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was really fun. It was really fun. (laughs) It was amazing. I loved high school. (laughs) It was, yeah, it was was actually really amazing. Mm -hmm. But uh, anyway, so, okay, so you went to high school here. Yeah. And then, um, but then what you're supporting your, or, or helping support your family. Yeah. Tell, yeah talk so, to me about um, because uh, when they moved here, it was difficult for my dad to actually get a job, uh, you know, doing what he was doing. So they had to get factory jobs. My dad and mom worked for a bottle factory at one point, a party organizing store. And then I saw like the struggle that they were going through. I mean, they, they, they've, they've never been here. It's all new. They're discovering what taxes are. They're discovering what, uh, what is it required for them for the government just to live here. So because in I, Saudi, there's none of that. Like yeah. there's no rent, there's no taxes. My mom didn't even have to work. Like dad would work and then he'd be fine. We would travel every single year and leave for three months, be uh, a month and a half in the Philippines, a month and a half in uh, Phil- Hong Kong, and then go back and do school again. It was just, but but the the move to Canada was still the better move, even with that backdrop. Well, yeah, it was it was at the time because um, they didn't want to go back to Philippines or Hong Kong because they knew exactly how the how the school systems were there, yeah, standard of living. Exactly, they wanted Hong, Hong Kong. Yeah, okay, it's very different actually. It is Hong yeah. Kong and the Philippines. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. They wanted us to have the same education that that we had in Saudi Arabia. So it was either the states or Canada. We chose Canada because we had. Uh, more family here. So we're like, okay, let's come here. And oh seeing God. that uh, my parents were like working like long hours, I, I would come home, they wouldn't be home. And I was like, and then uh, I would ask them for some money once in a while. And then I, and then I started feeling terrible because when I'd be asking them that, they'd, they'd be tired and I can see, you know, like they're struggling. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to get my own job. So I decided to apply as a dishwasher at Chuck E. Cheese. No way. Yeah, yeah. That one on Rathburn Road? Right, yeah. Come right. On. Yeah, you know Rockwood Mall? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do I know Rockwood Mall? Yes. I grew up right next to Rockwood Mall. You know how many high school fights I can tell you happened in between that's Subway so and, Bur- right. yes. and Burger King? Burger King and Subway had so many fights. Oh, my God. That's I don't right. know if kids fight at high school very much anymore, man. That was the During my spot. era. There was, oh, yeah. yeah that we'll was meet the you at Rockwood yeah. in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Rockwood. I saw many nasty fights go down that there, is man. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They probably I still do it now. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a bit of a different world. Yeah, that's true video cameras on everybody's phone yeah Um, people are scared to get hit in the face now yeah back then it was just like a rite of passage yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) anyway uh so chuck e cheese you were there yeah i was a mouse once in a while for the kids yeah i had to i was the dishwasher dishwasher and then go to the go be the mouse for birthday parties kids were relentless they would tug on the tail they would kick my shin i was like man i can't do this so eventually i worked uh my way to be in the kitchen and then that's when <clears throat> I got my first taste of the industry, learned how to make pizzas, sandwiches. I, I naturally treated it as an art. Like I would, I would see people put pizzas together. They would just throw the pepperoni on and all that. I would make it in circles and I'd spiral it around. I'd make sure that the, the cheese was all in centered. Sandwiches were like I enjoyed so doing is it. That, and is that enjoyment? That's how you got to Le Select Bistro? No. So oh. I went to Chuck E. Cheese. Okay. Then, then to Burger King at Rockwood Mall? No. You made, no. <laughs> you made no whoppers? I, no, when I when I when I was uh, at Chuck E. Cheese, I enjoyed doing it, but I it didn't I wasn't it wasn't a, an appreciated job. 
like I was putting all this effort in, I felt, but then I, I got treated like, like dirt, right? So I was like, I don't want to do this, right? Because I could smell like food. I'm not, there's no thank yous. I was getting paid minimum wage, $6.10. And after two years, they gave me a 10 cent raise. So I was like, <laughs> yeah. thank yeah. you, yeah. you know? So, so I stopped for a bit and then I went to some factory work when I went into college. And then at that point, I was like a little bit lost. So I was like, what am I going to do with my life, right? Like I'm, like I'm working, I'm making my money, but I don't, I've, all I have is like a high school diploma, you know? So then my cousin told me, why don't you just go back into cooking? You, you, you love doing that, right? And then, and find like, um, find another place. I was like, okay. I was, uh, I was in college doing electromechanical engineering because that's what my counselor told me. And I was like, I, there, that, there's nothing there that I'm interested in. He hates in. math. Does like, not like math at Why all. am I here, you know? So <laughs> finally, I, I took my cousin's advice. Uh, I went to culinary management in Humber. And then right then and there, I realized that food was more than Chuck E. Cheese and all fast food. There was an artistic form to it. There was creativity, which I, I had no idea. I thought it was just, you know, put food together. Uh, and then I discovered how many different types of mushrooms are there, how many different types of lettuces. And then I learned about flavors of bitters and sweets and all that. And then all of a sudden I was like, whoa, okay, I'm going to do this. And then after that, I just started hopping in every single restaurant I could get into. I made a rule for myself to only work no, for no more than two years because after two years, it kind of gets repetitive and then you don't really learn anything. So I would go into uh, sports bars. I would go to fine dining restaurants. I would go to mom and pop shops. I'd be going to uh, small eateries, just take out, just so I can have a taste of the industry. And then right at the end, I decided, you know what, I need to I need to know how to run the kitchen. And then that's when I looked uh, for the job for Let's Select Bistro. Uh, my, my chef and mentor to this day, Chef Albert Ponzo, he actually hired me knowing that I had no sous chef experience. And he asked me, do you think you can do this? I'm like, I believe I am capable of doing it. So he gave me a chance, gave me all the responsibility. Because the sous chef is the primary helper to the main chef? Is that is. how that is? So there's a hierarchy. Yeah. So there's the head chef, yeah. the, the chef de cuisine, which is the boss. And then there's the, sous, the executive sous chef, who is second command. And then there's junior sous chefs underneath. And okay. then the junior sous chefs take care of the rest of the crew. Oh, got it, sorry. got it. So I was hired as a junior sous first. And then, and then I was. I should have given you some water. I that's apologize okay. here. Uh, and then I. Tea. Oh, thank you. And then I was, yeah. And then I took I took the job to heart because I knew everything that I needed to do, and all I needed to know was how the kitchen ran. And my and Chef Albert pretty much taught me a good amount of like the knowledge which I've carried over from the industry. He was, I can tell the way you talk about him that he's a big oh, deal. Oh yeah, he yeah. is. Like if he I hope he hears this, but he knows this. I tell him all the time. I call him my Yoda. Like he cool. he's literally my Yoda because he was probably the one chef that taught me how how to be a chef whereas every other chef taught me how not to be a chef. How how do you be a chef? You have to create inspiration within the within the crew. Like, even though they are there as workers, you cannot treat them as ants. You have to give them input. You have to give them uh, a, l a little bit of a, a sense of being a part of the team. Giving them jobs which they've never done. Be like, I want you to debone this entire pig. And I'm like, yeah, sure. So I just take the knife and then he would tell me, okay, go through these bones. Go through six and seven so we can make some capicolo take this leg off so that we can oh, make it wow. some prosciutto. Oh, he went, he went into full detail. So 
he taught me quite, he taught me about fermentation. He taught me about pretty much a lot of the stuff which I've, I've carried over. How long were you with him there? I think it was like four years. Four years yeah, there. Four and, years. and is that when then you left to go on your own? Yes. Okay, so before we get there, then how did you guys meet? So we met through fr- uh, one of my girlfriends in high school who was friends with him. You went to Pocock too? No, I oh. went to Mount I went to Mount Carmel. <laughs> oh, Mount Carmel. That was like an enemy. Mount, yeah. Mount Carmel? Oh, yeah. Jeez. Oh, yeah, I got it. <laughs> friends of friends yes. at a nightclub. Oh, cool. Okay. Yes. Okay, so you knew each other from the high school days. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got it. Well, I was in college and she was in high school. So mm-hmm. I got had it. already... Uh, yeah, my last year of high school. Yeah, got it. Cool. Okay, so then you're already doing... So then you guys kind of synced up then here kind of perfectly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah the, when I Before we opened What's Good, I was an associate at a chiropractic clinic. And every month we would host a workshop um, for all of our patients on different topics. And usually we would get about like 10, maybe 15 if it was, if it was busy. Uh, and then I started teaching with Charleston a workshop that we called Healing with Whole Foods, yeah. where I would talk about nutrition and how we can use it functionally to improve specific uh, areas of our body. So we did one on inflammation, one on the hormonal system. And then he would come and then do a demonstration of using the ingredients that I spoke about and how you can simply create something that's delicious. And then we would serve samples. So we would get usually, we were only allowed. I think 55 people, according to like the fire regulations. How many did you jam in? Like 70. Awesome. It was like a full house. I was like, whoa. I was worried I didn't bring enough samples. Yeah. Yeah. The the most well-attended workshops that we did at at the clinic. And then when he decided that he wanted to go out on his own, Charleston wanted to do a food truck. And I was like, no. That yeah. trend is going to die eventually. <laughs> I really wanted to do it. Yeah, really? Oh, oh yeah. man, yeah. you would be a mean food truck, man. Holy smokes. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> I told him, I was like, no, let's open something together where we confuse nutrition and we confuse Chinese medicine and functional medicine. And then yeah, that, so right powerful. when she mentioned that, mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, what do you mean? Like, you know, because I had no idea what she was talking about at the time because back then I didn't realize that her industry relied a lot on nutrition and Part of my industry was just to make good tasting food, send it out there, you know, make sure they come back because it tastes so good. Not really thinking about nutrition whatsoever, you know. All the good things are like, you know, butter, salt, cream, you know, all the stuff which which create uh, create dopamine and just want you to just keep coming in. So when she told me about that, then she explained uh, the, the Chinese medicine philosophy. So it kind of re-inspired like a new... A new, a new direction mm-hmm. for me because when I was at Les Select, as much as I learned as much as I could, I couldn't do more than what I was doing. So I wanted to do more. So now that I've, I've, re- I've read some books which he recommended on Chinese medicine philosophy, and I incorporated that into my cooking. And then now that's, that's all we do. Yeah, like we're grateful. Everyone who's had a chance to taste <clears throat> your food is in 100% agreement. Like I know all different people from different walks of life, life who have tried your food. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty unanimous. Like not pretty. It's 100% unanimous. Thank like, you. Everyone loves your food. And the artistry, I never heard you mention it that way, but you present your food. Like mm-hmm. when I have your sliders on that little piece of sli- uh, uh, seed bread <laughs> with the slider on top. And I'm not, I know I'm not supposed to order two orders. Like I know without even talking to you guys that like two orders is not appropriate. 
But I knew when that was going to come off the menu, I'm like, screw it. Just get me two freaking orders of those sliders. And I could just tell by your reaction, like, oh, two orders is probably not the right amount to yeah. be eating. I'm like, I don't care if I stuff this in my body. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, because your artistry comes out, the nutrition comes out in, in that as well. Uh, um, yeah, I can't wait to enjoy more of that kind of stuff again. So mm-hmm. uh yeah, a lot of people have told me the same thing. Mm-hmm. So you guys are a cool team that way. And, and and also when I was sitting there eating your food, sometimes there'd be like a farmer who would like pull up. And like I was oh. just telling Alex, I'm like, then they would walk in with like dirt. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, my God, you I would never see anyone get so excited. You're like, oh, my God, like the dirt is here. Yes. Is that the good dirt? And then you're because you're growing like microgreens in the back. Yeah. And yeah. So like you're doing the whole farm to table and yeah. organic, everything. That's something that you guys obviously do. Yeah. So I, I outsource as much as I can in terms of the food that I get, uh, the vegetables, Farmers like markets for farmers the markets that I've the farmers which I've met through farmers markets that do like organic uh, organic uh, produce they would literally give me uh, their produce covered in dirt and that's how I like it because I know it's not processed it was literally harvested packed in the box and brought right to me because I will wash everything myself because everything else that you get in the grocery store it's all shiny it's all pretty it's all aesthetics right but having it's, it yeah those tomatoes that's that it's, yeah. it's it good dirt. And the farmers that See, you Alex, saw. Alex, I didn't you know. So I was telling Alex, not that she didn't know this, but I'm like, Alex, all the nutrition's in the dirt. It is in the dirt. It comes yeah. out of the dirt. Into oh, yeah. the <laughs> Everything. I'm not saying you didn't know that, Alex. I just felt really excited to be able to share that. Mm-hmm. You got to have good dirt. Oh, so yeah. my father, when he was growing tomatoes, he'd always be getting different manures and oh, mixtures yeah. and really working on the oh, soil yeah. to kind of just produce the right soil to mm-hmm. get the good vegetables. It's not even just the dirt. Like, I mean, I would rather get kale, which has like, little bite marks in it from bugs and all that because that just tells me that there's no <clears throat> excuse me that there's no any um any um pesticides, pesticides on it and so all if that. a caterpillar so, or something ate this thing yeah, it's actually a so good that means sign. it's okay so oh, i would yeah. rather have like like a kale which has bites in it i would have tomatoes that are unusually grown i mean it's though that's the good stuff and then i would just present it the way that it is so it's not so uniform so no, now that you guys that. are together and you do this, now you can do all these different things. And that's why Katrina, because it seems like your specialties off the website. And I don't even know if these are specialties, but it seems like it's Chinese medicine, acupuncture, nutrition. But then you also had women's health, fertility and sports medicine. Mm-hmm. So you can those are obviously important to you if you listed them out like that. Yeah. Why are those important to you? Like what, what's going on here? I feel like. Women are so important and we're not valued enough in the patriarchal world that we live in. And really, women are the drivers for health and wellness. All of the men that come see me in my practice are there because their wives referred them or their mother or their sister or their daughter. I have one man who is is a patient on his own accord. I'm on the I'm on the verge, so I could be number two. I could be number two. And women, like we're complicated. I, I got to take that back. It might be my wife would say, "I've told you for a long time to go see." Some. I'll take that back. I think I'm wrong. But anyway, go on, go on. You're you're complicated. Not you specifically, yeah. women in general. Like me, me specifically, and women in general, because of our hormonal systems and the way that things need to ebb and flow with such precision in order for things to be balanced. And so that I think is far more challenging and I I really like complex and challenging cases and like I said it is women who drive the health and wellness industry and who pretty much keep the family unit together so if mom is healthy then that's going to trickle down and affect dad and the kids and or her partner whoever and so I find that 
the way to influence and bring more health to the community is to uplift and and support women. Yeah, and to teach girls to to value their health right from from when they're young, because we don't really learn that until much later. Well, I can tell you that's really important to you the way you're describing that. Mm -hmm. It's funny when we're traveling through Italy, I'd always have these old Italian guys look at our family and then he'd pull me aside and say, you know, happy wife, happy life. But hearing you say that, it almost Mm -hmm. feels like happy and healthy wife Mm -hmm. is happy life. So. Yeah, got it. And then, and so for for fertility, you've been able to help people yeah. with fertility yeah. through natural. That's means. like my She's number amazing. one. Oh, really? That's my favorite thing. It. Huh? Yeah. Amazing. It's really sad how many couples are dealing with infertility. So many. Like yeah. one in four couples. Oh, it's that many percent. Yeah. Oh wow. And because wow. Chinese medicine is holistic, we're not just going to look at what are your hormone levels, what's your FSH and your egg quality, but we're going to look at what kind of lifestyle do you live? Do you sleep well? Because when you sleep, that's when the body regenerates and heals. How are you able to limit the negative effect of stress and emotions and anxiety on the body? What is your energy level like? Can you digest your food properly so that you can pull out the nutrients from your food? We look at everything. And because of that, that's how we get such good success. Whether couples are trying to conceive naturally or if I'm supporting them through IUIs or IVF, those kinds of reproductive treatments. So I love, love fertility because it brings me so much joy to help other people bring new life into the world because it means more opportunity for people to be in alignment with their Tao. The more people we bring into the world like that, I think the better. Because the more people we bring into the world in the, in, with someone who's already living their Tao is better or yeah 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 so if you if this whole spiritual part's amazing it's amazing right because what we're going through now every all this bad stuff that's happening Mm -hmm. in the world i see it as as a spiritual illness people uh like so disconnected from who they are inside filling themselves up with things that don't actually matter like being busy for the sake of being busy or trying to achieve all these things that don't actually matter. It's filling some kind of emptiness, a void. So if you're in alignment, then you don't need to fill because you're already full, right? Makes sense. 100%. Wow, you're bringing a lot of stuff to the table here, Katrina. Mm-hmm. So um, then what is the biggest challenge to getting people to, to come see you just the way our society is like, give me the instant pill? Because I feel like, you know, um, we've had our naturopathic doctor on here before. His name's Dr. Cowan. And I found like when, when I kind of refer people to him, it takes time, right? Because mm-hmm. he looks at the hormonal system and you got to run some tests and get blood work. And, you know, and some sometimes people get frustrated because they're like, well, I just need the solution like yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, is that similar to your process? Like you need some time to get to know people and go through it. Because I always tell everyone long term in life has always served me the best, whether it comes with relationships business building, investing in real estate, health, like er, the way you save money. Like every time I think long-term about anything Mm -hmm. I'm doing, that is always the right way to go about it. It's really weird. Like I can just simplify all these different aspects of my life to long-term is the way, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. that's, that's it. And I guess that's the same thing with you, but it's probably the longer term approach, but it's also an obstacle perhaps to get people to commit to go through the process? Not really, because over the years I've um, practiced at different clinics and I've learned what works. And so I've honed my process so that right from the beginning, when I meet someone, I start planting the seeds that this is about lifestyle, that this is about, this is not a quick fix. This is about 
honoring your body and the bo- your body's ability to regenerate and heal itself. And we're just undoing these patterns and these habits that you've accumulated through your lifetime. And right from the beginning, I work to educate and inspire my patients. So it's not that it's me telling them, you need to do this, this, and this. It's me sharing what my recommendations are, but it's over the framework of having already educated them about why we're doing this and how it works. Because when they have the understanding and the meaning, then they can make the choice to do the things that I'm suggesting. It's not me saying, you have to do this. It's that they now recognize the value and why it's important and how it's going to benefit benefit not only them, but the people around them. Got it. So they're bought in. Yes. Uh, and then where does acupuncture come into that? So acupuncture, Chinese medicine is like an umbrella term of different tools that we use. I, I practice primarily acupuncture, herbal medicine, and nutrition. Got so, it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And is acupuncture um, something you use for specific things or it's always used on every uh, every person you, you help? Generally, I try to recommend it for everyone. If someone is like extremely against it, then I'm not going to force it. But if someone's a little bit unsure, then I always try to, to And explain what is it that them. you like about acupuncture so much? It's amazing. It's, yeah. In what way? I, I don't know too much about Like I've had it done to me at different yeah. like physio clinics mm-hmm. and stuff with the electrical ones yeah. that they put in and stuff. What 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 is your style and, and why do you like it? So what a physio does, I, I can do the same thing, like addressing the musculoskeletal system, the nerves, the, the joints to make sure that things are functioning properly and there's good circulation. But because I'm coming from that spiritual classical paradigm then I'm always addressing the spirit so helping to calm the nervous system helping to center you and ground you so you can tell who the people coming out of our clinic are that have had acupuncture because they're always like very zen and like very at peace and grounded and happy got it it's like a very strong release of endorphins and neurotransmitters that make you feel good and relaxed yeah i'm so i uh, i'm I, I love all this stuff i feel like i could just hang out with you guys and just go from acupuncture <laughs> to eating your food and just kind of going in a, in a loop so talk to us about like yeah all the services that you offer kind of lay them out uh, right now so like what are the different services that you offer your location <clears throat> like give, give me this whole bit and, and maybe katrina will start with you charleston and then we'll kind of talk about the food or you guys all summarize at Harvard. but give, sure. me, give me the overlay here. Well, we recently moved like three days ago. Uh, oh, was that recent? Yeah. Very recent. Yeah. Oh, well, actually, awesome. not three days ago. A week no, ago. We moved on Friday. Okay. Of last Got week. the clinic ready for Monday. Monday. So Got it. it was a full weekend. We're at 407 Spears Road, so just west of Dorval on Spears. In Oakville. In Oakville. Oakville. Yep. Um, 200. And, Got it. And the services that we offer are uh, Chinese medicine, so acupuncture, herbal medicine, functional nutrition. We also have a clinical hypnotherapist as part of our team. Um, and I primarily address women's health, anything having to do with hormones, uh, fertility, emotional conditions like anxiety, depression, stress. Those are like big, big ones that people come to see me for. Digestive Especially issues. Especially right now on that yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Digest. Sorry, I cut yeah. you off. Digestive okay. issues. Digestive issues and pain. Got it. Those are the main reasons that people come to see me. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, and then in the clinic there. After they're seeing you, they can also buy some of the foods that you're going to recommend. Yes. Correct? Yeah. That Charleston, you've made. Is mm-hmm. that still happening like that? It is. Right okay, now. And then you're stocking the food there. Yeah. So okay. right now we're only offering uh, the food cures, which we... Not only. Your food we, is amazing. We're lucky mm-hmm. to get access Thank to your you. food. I haven't had your seed bread in a long time. So I'm looking forward to getting the seed bread again. All right. I will 
I should have brought one today. Jeez, I we would have eaten it. Yeah, we would have eaten it. Yeah, yeah. I was about to we say no. Don't. Yesterday. I was about to say no. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, we did. We sold, sold it all yesterday. yesterday. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say, oh, don't worry now. about it. We love it so much. I'm like, yeah. Damn it. Bring the food. <laughs> no. Um. Yeah. So right now, right now, it's the it's the retail stuff. So it would be the bone broth, the vegan bone okay, broth. Okay, so let me talk. So the bone broth, you, I remember you making the bone broth in those big pots. How long are you kind of... Oh, so the bone broth uh, goes for 72 hours. Why 72? Because really, I'm making over a hundred and uh, over 180 pounds worth of bones in one batch. And so you, are, gets, the bones are completely dissolving? They are. Is that normal not, for bone broth? It is, depending on, okay. um, the, um, depending on how long you've actually... Um, simmer the broth for because it gives time for the liquid to penetrate the bones to pull out all the marrow and all the nutrients which is in the bones and then once the process is completely done all that is left is bone there's nothing holding it together to the point that i could pick up a bone from the bottom and just literally crush it it wouldn't be disintegrating to the point that it turns into dust but you could literally pick up a bone and just crush it with your hands and are you crushing that bone into the bone broth no, no that's that's removed that's just okay removed. got it so it's that's straight. how naive i am See, i don't have a clue okay got <laughs> no it. worries got it so yeah it, it gets strained out so all you're left is the nutrient dense broth so okay. it's high high in um high in um in a uh, in essential nutrients iron and also there's a lot of collagen in there too oh, but got it, yeah but my bone broth is not a high collagen count just because i wanted to make a broth which was more nutriently dense, but still has the collagen uh, collagen in. You will still get some collagen in it, uh, but it won't be as. It's not thick and it's gelatinous. It's not thick and gelatinous like most broths are like marketed on the yeah, internet. Yeah, right? now that like, you say that, I've realized that. Yeah, because everyone true. thinks like it's the collagen that's important, but it's not. It's the minerals. Huh. Yeah. Okay. I've always thought of a bone broth for collagen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the way I've kind of thought of it as well. Mm-hmm. Got it. So you're doing it for the mineral content of it. Yeah. And the collagen. And the collagen. And the collagen but too. the collagen is not the primary star of uh, of the broth. Okay. It is also FODMAP friendly. Uh, oh, yeah. You told those. me about FODMAP. That's someone who's very sensitive to a bunch of foods, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's foods such as uh, uh, onions, onions, garlic, garlic. leeks. Uh, these foods cannot be absorbed by the individual's body. And uh, it, it just ends up fermenting in, in their stomach and then it causes inflammation. And the sad part is um, bone broth is very beneficial for those who are on a FODMAP diet. So I take out all the FODMAP, sensi- uh, so the, the, the high FODMAP um, ingredients so that people who are on a FODMAP uh, diet yeah. are able to have the bone broth as wow. well. Okay, so that's the bone broth. The seed bread, what, what are, what's in the seed bread? If you don't remember all the ingredients, but just, just map out the seed, because everyone loves your seed bread. Oh, I do. It's, uh, so so there's, uh, there's sunflower seeds, hemp, chia, uh, chickpea flour, a little bit of pumpkin seeds, sesame, and uh, chia. Did I say chia? Yeah. So my binder is chia seeds, water, and, um, and uh, chickpea flour. So there's no yeast in the bread. It is a sprouted bread, so the seeds get soaked overnight, and then we make the dough. Why is it important that it's sprouted, or important to you? Because um, a lot of uh, there, there's a coating in a, in a lot of seeds and legumes called it's an anti. Oh, got it. All yeah, seeds, it's, it's an anti. Got it. So that's uh, getting the per, the seeds' natural protective mechanism off, off of, it, of it, so yes. it's healthier and easier to eat, exactly. easier to digest. Exactly. Got it. Okay. That's so that's one of the reasons why there's a lot of chi- some chilies or bean based. Uh, uh, stews out there that give you a lot of gas, primarily because they're not um, they're not sprouted. So the sprouting allows the efficiency of 
the digestion of all the nutrients without having any of the the inflammation. When I buy your seed bread and bring it home and then toast it just on like a cast iron kind of pan there and mm-hmm. put a bit of butter on it. Oh my it's gosh. So it's amazing. The best. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so seed bread. And then what's what else, what else do you have there now? So we also do a vegan kimchi. Okay, <clears throat> what should I know about that? So kimchi is a it's it's both a probiotic and a prebiotic at the same time, in a sense that it it gives your existing uh, gut gut flora food, uh, it's healthy, food to, healthy food, healthy food got it. for it to uh, for it to function properly, but also add more beneficial bacteria to your existing gut flora. Got it. Our mom um, was really onto your kimchi for a long time. I think we all miss you. Okay, but so kimchi, and then okay, what next? Uh, and the then, yogurt. Then we have the vegan coconut milk yogurt. Uh, the and pro- why do I need yogurt? That's also probiotic. It's more of a probiotic, yeah. If anything, okay. for but people I'll- who can't really tolerate spice. Mm-hmm. Oh, got it. Maybe that would be me. And okay. for those that want a yogurt, which used to love yogurt but can't have dairy anymore, so we want coconut milk huh. uh, on it. Okay. And then is that the bone broth? Bread, yogurt, kimchi, and then there's the vegan bone broth. Okay, uh, where it's a, a mixture of uh, mushrooms, seaweed, and also fortified, like I said earlier, with uh, some Chinese herbs that Katrina recommends into it. It it helps. Is it is it blood flow? Yeah, it, it yeah. helps. It has a similar physiological effect as regular bone broth, but okay. being plant based. Huh. So it's good for building the blood and for supporting the aligning of your, your digestive system, your skin, hair and nails. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. And so now have we covered it? I'm a tallow. You have tallow. Oh, oh. and I do tallow because oh. tallow is a, a byproduct of, uh, of the bone broth. And I would you, I'd buy your tallow for cooking at home. Exactly. So it's a high, it's a high burning point uh, fat. It's a, it's an animal fat. So it doesn't oxidize. At a, like I can cook with it, and I don't have to worry about screwing it up. Yeah, it doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't like, turn like, carcinogenic. Like butter, yeah. or something. Yeah, it doesn't okay. turn carcinogenic, just like uh, plant based uh, oils. So if you were like searing meats or sautéing vegetables, you could literally cook it at. 800 degrees and you wouldn't worry about okay. it burning because even butter i have to be worried about burning correct yeah mm-hmm. yeah got it okay wow yeah right. so basically before we opened i told him we need a replacement for yogurt we need a replacement for bread we need to have probiotics and a bone broth because all of these things help to heal the digestive system and got reduce it. inflammation so that's when i just started creating all those and then we included all of that into Got it. The clinic and also the patient care plans. Okay, cool. Um, and the URL, yeah, so what's the URL to get access to you guys? Whatsgoodwellness.ca. So yep. whatsgoodwellness.ca. Yep. Mm-hmm. You can book appointments with Katrina and your team yes. there. You can find out what's available for sale there, I would imagine. Yeah, uh, but, um, yeah but our uh, you can actually, we also have an e-commerce store for our... Uh, it's linked through our website. It's, it's linked oh, through our it? website. Yeah. Okay. But if, uh, if they want to look for it on its own, it's a What's Good Bone Broth. What's good bone broth dot ca? What's good bone broth dot ca? Yeah. And are you on Instagram or anything like that? We what are, is yeah. the Instagram handle? What's good wellness? Yeah, kind of makes sense. <laughs> what's good? What's good illness? Yeah. Wellness. Um, cool. I really appreciate this, guys. Um, I can't wait till you get a kitchen again. I know I, you're probably going to be Tom. Stop saying that, but I just really, really. Uh, no, it's good to it's be coming pushed. in 2021. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I've had other people come up to me and like, are you opening soon? I'm like, yeah. I am. And I, and I hate disappointing people. Yeah. Well, so and I, I also to... don't know the business model, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what works and makes sense to have. Sometimes, you know, it makes sense to do a certain thing. Sometimes it doesn't make sense to do a certain thing. Mm-hmm. I'm just coming from my own selfish interests <laughs> when I say open a kitchen. But I can yeah. fully understand that, you know, mm-hmm. you have to kind of do what's right for the business as yeah. well, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and your son? How yeah. old is he? How's he doing? He's uh, four. Ronan's he's four. four. Yeah, yeah. Ronan's yeah. four now. He's good. Everything's good there. Keeping you guys busy, moving so around busy. businesses. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's. You have to do a lot of the Katrina. You have to take care of your spirit during it's these true. times when you're. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> Especially because he's at that age where he's always asking why, why, yeah. why, yeah, why, yeah, why? Yeah, yeah, totally. He catches us sometimes when uh, some of the lessons we give him don't line up. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. You didn't say you that. Didn't yeah. say yeah. that. Yeah. You said this, and I'm like, you were right. I did, and then. Katrina, what would you, I'm going to ask, end with but this for both of you. What would you like to share about, you know, traditional Chinese medicine that, you know, isn't discussed or you would like people to know? Like, what, what is it that, you know, when you, people talk about this stuff, you're like, oh, I really wish kind of they knew this about it or mm-hmm. a misconception or a benefit or something. Does something come to mind when I say that? Charles, I'm going to ask you that about cooking. Oh, I yeah. feel like there's so many things. I think. Yeah, what's the primary one? The primary one. Or the one that, that you're most passionate about. Um, I would. I would say that it's that anything that the body does, whether it's like a habit that you were trying to break or a vice, people need to understand that anything we do is an adaptive measure of the body. So if you're like addicted to something, it serves a purpose because it helps to calm your nervous system. And the way that we're able to make long lasting, sustainable change is to remember and recognize that one, the body has this innate ability to heal itself. We just sometimes need to give it some help. And all these things that we dislike about ourselves, our bad habits, our vices, our addictions, they're actually meant to help and bring comfort to the body. So if we can figure out why it is that you need that measure of comfort and we can replace it with something that's more healthy and more imbalanced, then that's how you get lasting change. Wow, I love it. Thank you. You're welcome. And then about cooking good food or seasons of food or the right food, anything when it, when it comes to cooking, would you, what, what's, what are you asked a lot about that you would like to correct or share or passionate about? Well, the one thing which, um, which is quite common is that a lot of people do not cook their own food. So I would encourage people to, to at least delve into the world of cooking. Um, and also, it's, I was going somewhere with this. Are you going to offer the classes again? Yes. Okay. So um, I'm pointing at you like I'm threatening you. Are you <laughs> going to offer the classes again? <laughs> no, it's all good. I guess the one advice that I would give people in terms of what uh, cooking is to uh, is to play with your food, because uh, you know we were grow- growing up, we were told don't play with your food, right? But I'd say play with your food, explore little, f- explore all types of flavors, explore things that you haven't tried, and try to come up with a, a system for you to to allow to have a home-cooked meal on a regular basis. Uh, a lot of people get lost in that world and they don't know where to start. But um, like I said, yeah, like you said, I do offer cooking classes where I actually go to your homes and I will assess your kitchen so that I can teach you a more productive and efficient way to run your kitchen so that you can have a healthy I meal daily. I forgot daily. that you will come to our kitchen. And that's available off whatsgoodwellness.ca as well to book something like that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Okay. Yeah. So it's not just your traditional, here, I'll give you a recipe. Yeah. Let's cook. I will come in. 
I'll see what you're capable of making in your kitchen. Yeah. What uh, <laughs> what you're many, capable? Well, no, these people here like are a, not very capable at all. <laughs> Here's my seed bread toast. It. That's it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I um, I I look at how many people are in the household so that I can help develop a system for the whole family Got to it. work together to actually have healthy foods daily. Um, this is a great thing while we're all being locked down too that we can't go anywhere. Bring Charleston to your house. Exactly. Yeah, cool. So yeah, if uh, anyone needs guidance over there, I do personalize yeah. classes awesome. in their homes. Awesome. Katrina, thank you for this. Charleston, thank, thank you. you. You guys are thank an amazing you, couple. Totally, totally oh, appreciate yeah. this. So well, uh, that's it. We're having it. Thanks. Yeah, thanks guys. Thank you. Hey everyone, hopefully you enjoyed that episode of the Your Life, Your Term, Your Life, Your Term Show. I'm really struggling today. Hopefully you enjoyed that episode of the Your Life, Your Term Show. There we go. With Katrina and Charleston. And if you are trying to track them down, they're at a new location in Oakville. It's What's Good Wellness. You can Google them up, find them, What's Good Wellness. Um, amazing couple, really thrilled that they came on. And if you are listening to this and you want to get some real estate information to check out if that's the right thing for you to explore a little further, you can get a free copy of one of our books at www.rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash books. That's it for this episode. Until next time, your life, your terms.